Hey, faithful listener, grab your cup of coffee and experience the Bible in a way you never have before. P40 Ministries is a podcast that goes through the Bible cover to cover. It's an awesome narrative that focuses your mind and prepares your heart for God to speak. So join your host, Jen, for a biblical podcast that's hilarious, informative, imaginative, and fun. The P40 Ministries podcast. Listen now as we go through the book of Leviticus. Well, happy Friday, friends and faithful listeners. You've tuned into the P40 Ministries podcast. And hi, my name is Jen. I'm the host here. And today we have quite a lot to read. We're going to be discussing Leviticus chapter 7, verses 1 through 21. So in order to not uh, make this episode go on forever, I'm actually going to just go ahead and jump right in and read this portion of scripture. So grab your Bibles if you can and turn with me to Leviticus 7 verses 1 through 21. And you know, I read out of the WEB version, but please feel free to read out of your favorite version. Grab that cup of coffee or that cup of tea and let's start. This is the law of the trespass offering. It is most holy. In the place where they kill the burnt offering, he shall kill the trespass offering, and its blood he shall sprinkle around on the altar. He shall offer all of its fat, the fat tail and the fat that covers the innards, and he shall take away the two kidneys and the fat that is on them, which is by the loins and the cover on the liver with the kidneys, and the priest shall burn them on the altar for an offering made by fire to Yahweh. It is a trespass offering. Every male among the priests may eat of it. It shall be eaten in a holy place. It is most holy. As is the sin offering, so is the trespass offering. There is one law for them. The priest who makes atonement with them shall have it. The priest who offers any man's burnt offering shall have for himself the skin of the burnt offering which he has offered. Every meal offering that is baked in the oven and all that is prepared in the pan and on the griddle shall be the priest's who offers it. Every meal offering mixed with oil or dry belongs to all the sons of Aaron, one as well as another. This is the law of the sacrifice of the peace offerings, which one shall offer to Yahweh. If he offers it for a thanksgiving, then he shall offer with the sacrifice of thanksgiving unleavened cakes mixed with oil and unleavened wafers anointed with oil and cakes mixed with oil. He shall offer his offering with the sacrifice of his peace offerings for thanksgiving with cakes of leavened bread." Of it he shall offer one out of each offering for a heave offering to Yahweh. It shall be the priests who sprinkles the blood of the peace offerings. The flesh of the sacrifice of his peace offerings for thanksgiving shall be eaten on the day of his offering. He shall not leave any of it until the morning. But if the sacrifice of his offering is a vow or a freewill offering, it shall be eaten on the day that he offers his sacrifice. On the next day, what remains of it shall be eaten. But what remains of the meat of the sacrifice on the third day shall be burned with fire. If any of the meat of the sacrifice of his peace offerings is eaten on the third day, it will not be accepted, and it shall not be credited to him who offers it. It will be an abomination, and the soul who eats any of it will bear his iniquity. The meat that touches any unclean thing shall not be eaten. It shall be burned with fire. As for the meat, everyone who is clean may eat of it, but the soul who eats of the meat of the sacrifice of peace offerings that belongs to Yahweh, having his uncleanness on him, that soul shall be cut off from his people. When anyone touches any unclean thing, the uncleanness of man or an unclean animal or any unclean abomination, and eats some of the meat of the sacrifice of peace offerings which belong to Yahweh, that soul shall be cut off from his people. 
See, I told you that was a lot of reading. <laughs> and man, I had a hard time. It was like a tongue twister on some of this stuff. And uh, yeah, you know, I love the W.E.B. version, but every once in a while for passages like this, it is just over the top with the tongue twisting. But anyway, let's see if we can decipher what's going on here. So we've learned about several different offerings, and I'm going to continue to repeat them, even though I do repeat them a lot, mainly for my own benefit, so I can continue to remember what the different offerings are. And now during this, we see another offering that is just recently introduced, which is the heave offering. And when I saw this, I'm just like, what the heck is a heave offering? So I had to look that up. But anyway, the first offering was the burnt offering. The second offering was the grain offering. The third offering was the peace offering, which we primarily talked about here. And then the fourth offering and fifth offerings were the sin offering and then the trespass or guilt offering, which basically were the same offering, but had different names depending on the sin that was done is kind of what I translate that as, but even here, God basically says that those are the same offering. Because <laughs> it says here in verse 7, as is the sin offering, so is the trespass offering. There is one law for them. So it sounds to me like the sin offering and the trespass offering, though God differentiates them as different offerings, are basically the same and are basically done the same way, but are um, done depending on what sin you commit is kind of the only difference it seems like there is between the sin offering and the trespass offering. But basically they were done exactly the same way and there was really no difference in how they were done. And same thing for here. God says that the trespass offering is most holy and then he talks about uh, more stuff going into the trespass offering, but much of this is repeated. For example, verse three, he shall offer all of its fat, the fat tail and the fat that covers the innards. Now tune in on Monday because I'm definitely going to go into fat a lot on Monday. We're not going to read a lot, but I'm going to go into fat so, so much on Monday. So definitely tune in. If you're curious about the whole fat thing, in the Old Testament law. And I did a lot of research on it and I'm really, really excited about it. And I'm like fully ready to switch my entire diet because of the stuff I've found. I'm not even joking. I kind of am. <laughs> not that we have to follow the Levitical law with the, the food anymore because, you know, Jesus um, basically said that all animals were made clean under him. But... Um, you know, we don't necessarily have to follow the Levitical law when it comes to eating. But, you know, I think God does have some good insight as to what is healthy for us and what is not, especially based on my research today about animal fat. So I'm excited to share that with you guys on Monday. So join into the P40 Ministries health podcast on fat. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so we'll talk about the fat more. But basically, God says to uh, sacrifice the fat of the sin offerings on the altar. And then moving forward, he talks about, um, you know, the sin offering and the trespass offering have the same law for them. And the priest who is sacrificing these offerings, um, they can eat some of the meat of these offerings. The meat belongs to them. So the priest that does the work is the one who gets the meat. God is really big on that, I've noticed, 
is that the person who does the work is the one that needs to be paid. And we see that here with the priests, only the one that does the work here of sacrificing this animal, that is the person who gets paid basically with the meat. So we see that here. And then it also says that the meal offerings, same thing. If a priest offers like a cereal offering, a meal offering, in other words, a grain offering, whatever is left of that grain, the, that belongs to the priest who did the offering, basically. So then moving on to verse 11, all the way down to verse 21, we talk about the peace offering a little bit more. And so the peace offerings, we didn't go too much in detail with them. We kind of did. We know that the peace offering was something that somebody could bring out of their own free will in order to maintain peace with Yahweh. And this would be a sacred kind of thing that people would do. I believe it was also called um, the fellowship offering. In other words, you're having fellowship with God by bringing this offering. So something that was very typical was the person who was bringing the peace offering would bring it and then they could eat what was left over from the peace offering. And I believe the priest who sacrificed would also get a piece of um, the peace offering as well. And then the rest would be taken home to be given to um, that person and then the that person's family members. So in verse 11, God goes more in depth with peace offerings. And he talks about a very specific type of peace offering, a peace offering of thanksgiving, however that might look. We have already seen a few thanksgiving sacrifices, which is interesting because God is giving people options of how they want to like present gifts to him in thanksgiving. Because we saw this Thanksgiving offering of the um, of the grain offering as well. And then now there's a Thanksgiving offering with the peace offering. And I think there was another one we talked about, but I can't remember about uh, giving thanks to God. But God's giving the people options of how they want to give him thanks. And in this case, they can do both a peace offering and a Thanksgiving offering as one and the same. And in order to do that, a grain offering had to also be presented. So if it was a peace offering of Thanksgiving, it says here that they'd have to bring the sacrifice. And it would, I believe in Leviticus chapter 3, we talked about what the peace offering sacrifices were. And it was typically a lamb or a goat. And so obviously, um, a peace offering, since the meal would be shared, it would have to be a substantial enough animal in order to have the the meal be shared with your family. So I don't believe birds could be brought because then there'd be no meat to eat afterwards. So this would have to be a lamb or a goat that could be brought as a peace offering. So if the peace offering was a peace offering of Thanksgiving, it says here that uh, God commands the people to also bring wafers unleavened wafers mixed with oil. But here's the other thing we see. It says that it would also be offered with cakes of leavened bread. In other words, normal bread that has yeast in it. And this is one of the few times we see that a yeast offering can be brought. And uh, it says that the priest could eat this particular yeast offering or this leavened bread offering. But when this offering was brought, a Thanksgiving peace offering, 
some of it would have to be a heave offering. (laughs) And this is where people get super confused, including myself, about the different offerings in the law. Because some of them are very specific, like we see this one here. This is two offerings in one. First, it's a peace offering. Then it's like a grain offering. Then it's a heave offering. And it's like, man, sometimes these get really really in depth, but this is specifically only for a peace offering that someone wanted to bring that uh, included Thanksgiving. So yes, the unleavened wafers would have to be brought with the peace offering and then the leavened bread as well. So then when these these wafers and these uh, leavened breads were brought, the priest then would offer a heave offering. And I don't know if you guys remember me talking about a wave offering, and that was back in Exodus. And honestly, these are very simple concepts. A wave offering, the priest would literally just wave it around above his head. (laughs) Left and right, left and right. And this was like waving at God. It it was, I, I really enjoyed that. This is literally waving at God. So you're presenting it at God and just being like, hey God, look at this thing I'm waving back and forth. This is... The offering, and right now I'm literally waving, this is the offering that uh, this person is bringing you. And so it was like getting God's attention. You know, when you wave at somebody, you're trying to get their attention. Like, for example, if you're sitting at a restaurant and waiting for a friend and that friend walks in but can't see you, what do you do? You start waving so that they can see you. And obviously God can always see us, but this is a way of us knowing that God is looking, God is paying attention and the priest would wave it back and forth as a way to like show God, you know, God, here is this offering we're presenting you. But a heave offering, and when you think of the word heave, you know, you're when you lift something that's kind of like heaving. So that's literally all this was. The priest would take some of this bread that was brought with the peace offering and he would literally just lift it up to heaven. Rather than waving it back and forth, he just lift it as if it's being presented to heaven. And when I, I looked at the difference between the wave offering and the heave offering, I found something kind of interesting where it said that, um, this was almost like a sign of the cross because the wave offering would be going left and right. And then the heave offering would be going up and down. And obviously that is the symbol of the cross. So I thought that was kind of cool, that symbolism there. But yeah, so a heave offering is literally just the priest lifting this up, presenting it, you know, to heaven, almost showing that they were acknowledging that this had come down from heaven in the first place, that everything God gives people had come down from heaven, right? Because this is the point of a Thanksgiving offering anyway, is to show that you believe that God gave you this stuff and it came down directly from God's own hands. So that's kind of the point of the heave offering, if uh, that makes sense. But yeah, so part of this peace offering, if it was a Thanksgiving offering and the bread was brought, part of it would be heaved, lifted up towards heaven. And whatever part of the bread was lifted up, that part would belong to the priest, and then the priest could eat it. And so it says here that whatever is left of the meat that goes back to the people that brought the animal, it says that 
um, they had to eat it that night. So none of it could be left until the morning is what it says here. But if a person brought a peace offering that was just a free will offering, it was not a uh, Thanksgiving offering, it was just out of their own free will, they wanted to bring it, or if it was a vow. So in other words, you vowed to God that you would bring a peace offering if he did something for you. Then in those two cases, the meat could get eaten by the family for two days, but by the third day, it would have to be destroyed. It would have to be burned completely. This makes sense to me because they didn't have refrigeration back then. This sounds more health related than anything else to me, that they couldn't leave the food sitting there to rot for several days. It had to be eaten quickly and then disposed of. Which makes sense. I mean, we don't leave food out, especially in the middle of the wilderness, which is probably pretty hot, I would guess. Probably not a great idea to just like let your meat sit there like blazing in the sun <laughs> and then eat it several days later. So to me, that sounds like a health thing. Now, as far as the Thanksgiving one being different from the free will one in terms of how long you could wait to eat it, I'm not exactly sure, honestly. I don't really know why there was a difference between the two. So if you guys have any insight on that, I'd love to know. But anyway, moving forward, it says here in verse 18 that the person who eats any of it on the third day will bear his iniquity. And so um, this means that this peace offering that this person brought is now null and void because of the sin that they committed. They didn't listen to God regarding the rules of the peace offering and ate it on the third day when God said not to eat it on the third day and that it should be burned on the third day. So yeah, I mean, this this peace offering that this person worked to bring is no longer uh, recognized by God as like something from the heart, but rather it is now null and void, if that makes sense. But then in verses 19 through 21, it talks about meat that touches any unclean thing. <laughs> so this is still the meat of the peace offering here that God is talking about. So basically what God is saying is when you take the meat home, don't like do anything to make it ceremonially unclean. Don't drop it. Don't drag it through the mud. Treat it with respect because this is part of an offering for God. And plus on top of that, I mean, once again, health reasons, don't eat dirty meat. <laughs> it's kind of like what God is saying here. So yeah, God is saying, keep the meat clean and healthy when you go home to eat it. But it does say that if you accidentally do something to make the meat unclean, then at that point you can't eat it anymore. It has to be completely burned with fire. But if you get it home and it's still a healthy piece of meat and it's not ceremonially unclean, it says that anybody who is clean at this point in time, in other words, are holy, set apart, following God's law, can eat that meat with the family and enjoy that fellowship with their family and with God. And so it says, though, that anybody who is knowingly ceremonially unclean and just decides to eat that peace offering, it says that that person has to be cut off from his people. That sounds so intense to us. We're just like, why would God be so mean? But just think about how many people at that point would just defile like God's laws at that point. If God didn't put uh, 
a harsh punishment on a person for um, not being ceremonially clean when they do something holy, like eat the peace offering, then nobody would be. They would just eat it and, you know, things would just continue to get worse and worse and worse after that. And so this is a person who is knowingly, though, ceremonially unclean. But a person who didn't know, I mean, we already talked about that a little bit, a tiny little bit, a couple chapters ago. That person, if they did eat it, yes, they would still be guilty, but not in the same way. They'd be guilty of breaking the law and they'd have to, if they did find out they were ceremonially unclean, they'd have to bring a uh, sacrifice to God to ask for forgiveness, but they would not then at that point be cut off from the people. In other words, like excommunicated, I suppose. And then it lists here several things that can make a person unclean to eat the, the meat. And it says, when anyone touches any unclean things, such as the uncleanness of a person or of an animal or of an abomination, I don't know what that means, maybe an idol or something like that, and eats the meat then that person will be cut off from his people. So this is knowingly touching something. And once again, (laughs) health reasons. I mean, think about like touching like a dead animal, not washing your hands and just like eating meat with your bare hands. I mean, you could you could get pretty sick from that or like touching poop or something and then putting it into your mouth and eyes. And I don't know where I'm going with this, but basically You don't want to touch something dirty and then eat with your bare hands. I mean, this is basic hygiene that we teach children that when a child is outside playing in the dirt, you tell the kid before they eat, wash your hands. I mean, I was told that when I was a kid. I mean, this is literally basic hygiene that God is teaching to his people who didn't understand hygiene back in these days. I mean, we have to remember that the the world back then was completely different. They had no knowledge of germs. They didn't know that if you go outside and and touch the ground and touch filthy things that you were basically not clean. <laughs> and so God is saying like be clean when you eat the foods. You know, you're supposed to be set apart, which is what holy means. You're supposed to be set apart from different nations who do these things without knowing. And yeah, I mean, literally just basic hygiene here. But one thing I want to point out before we end this podcast episode is something that Paul mentions in the New Testament about us when we take communion. It says that we're supposed to examine ourselves before we take communion, which is kind of similar, it sounds like, to what this peace offering is. And it even says in the New Testament that if you don't examine yourself and you just eat the uh, communion willy-nilly, that your iniquity, in other words, your sin, is going to be on you and you will be guilty for that. And so that kind of reminds me a little bit of like a modern version of the peace offerings is just we're supposed to make sure that when we take something that is considered to be holy, in other words, communion, you know, communion truly is set apart because Christians do it in church. Like it is something that is very, very Christian. A commu- That's what communion is. It's set apart. So when we take communion, we're supposed to be doing it with a heart for God. In other words, examining ourselves, which means like making sure we're not sinning while we're taking communion, making sure that we acknowledge Jesus's pain and suffering, all that stuff. That is very important to do while we take communion. 
And Paul even says that because people are just taking communion without thinking about these things, people among them are remaining sick and, you know, there's no faith. And I mean, there's so many things I could go into with that. But yeah, I mean, that is a very modern take, I believe, on what God is telling people about eating holy things. So that's something we can take away from. Uh, this chapter of Leviticus for sure. But friends and faith listeners, this was Leviticus 7 verses 1 through 21. Once again, join me Monday for an exciting episode about fat and saturated fat and everything else. So join me then uh, to discuss that. But I hope you guys have a really fantastic weekend until then. And as always, happy listening and God bless. <laughs>